What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to this Relationship Friday edition of Herbin 2. That is, unless you have chosen to become an official dirt bag and sign up to join us on the Patreon, then happy Tuesday. <laughs> Appreciate y'all for being in here live. Um, again, this is Herbin 2. This is where we hook up. We hang out. We talk about issues currently impacting the black community on Fridays. We do that specifically from a relationship aspect, talking about all different components, styles of relationships, just trying to get our foundation right. If our foundation ain't in place, we can't do nothing else. We want to build on top of it, education, agriculture, economics, whatever it might be, we got to get our relationships proper first. So that's why we set aside time on Friday to talk about relationships, usually a little bit fun. Uh, and this is where we've chosen to uh, kind of harken back to, to doing the shows live for everybody that's on Patreon. So again, welcome. Thank y'all so very, very much for choosing to be a part of this conversation. As always, your input is valued. It is certainly, certainly appreciated. Anything you want to add to the conversation, feel free to do so. Those of you on Patreon, we will read through as many of your comments as possible while we go through the show. We would kindly request everyone to please take a quick second to share the broadcast. Share it on your personal page. Share it within your personal profile with anybody that you think will add value to or find value in this particular conversation. We call it Herb and Two. It is intellectual thuggery at its absolute finest. My name is Herb. His name is Two. Two. What's happening, good brother? What's up, family? I'm blessed and highly favored, man. How are you? If I was doing any better, I'd sell myself, man. I'm happy. Um, I got a little bit of rest today, which was cool because I needed it. Hadn't been getting much of that. Um, so I got a little bit of rest earlier today. Feeling a little refreshed, man. I know last night recording, you was like, man, what the hell? <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> but today I'm all right. Well, I'm there today, G. I'm operating off two hours. I'm running on fumes, broski. Yeah, that's how it be, man, until you hit that wall. And then eventually your body be like, okay. Yeah. There's the some place where your mind wants to and your body can't. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, this shit done, G. I didn't burn the candle on both ends. It's, it's a wrap. Yeah, you gotta, you're going to have to take, take that half day or whatever to get right. It's just... What it is, man. Hope y'all feeling good out there as well. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. We appreciate y'all on this here Relationship Friday show. If you just want to get into, man, we talk about self-love. We talk about getting the rest. How, what part of that, what part of the game is that on the self-love scale? It's the part that most black men who are experiencing manhood don't get to experience. Mm-hmm. It's just not in the cards. It ain't that, in the cards. Self-love ain't an option. And on the sleep Not on the, on the side. sleep side. No, yeah. no, no. You got to go get it, bro. And, and and the price to go to just survive is so high. Going to get it, it's a you know something got to be traded for that all day, all night kind of thing. You <laughs> know what I mean? You know, specifically if you got children or a family. Now, if I was out here dolo, I'd be self loving it up. Yeah, you know what I mean. But with this motherfucking wagon I'm dragging, I got to keep pushing. I don't think you would. Shit, I don't think you would because you well, yo yo impression you're creative, of your artist and all that like. I just don't think you would. Plus, I don't have no kids. Like, and I don't, I don't never really get regular rest. I would, G. At this age, I would. Now, when I was young and dumb, I, like you, <laughs> no, I didn't sleep. <laughs> but I, I recognize now that I was just young and dumb. <laughs> Today, I'll be like, "Fuck them streets! I'm going to bed." <laughs> you got, you, you got, you got me, you got me, you got me by a hot ten. Got me by a hot ten years. So maybe. Fast forward 10 years from now, I will be more intentional about getting rest. But I feel like now is the time to be able to juggle, you know, 
three or four things at one time, be well, able to. It depends, though, G. Mm-hmm. Right? If you can be effective at it. If you can be effective at creating a successful lifestyle right now. If not, you're going to be running like me, catching up or keeping up. You know what I mean? And that's why I said as a black man, like the odds ain't really in our favor to have it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you know the numbers, you know, and, and even knowing the numbers, like inflation is real. The cost of living is real and it's always going up. Yeah. While our value in the marketplace isn't always going up. Yeah. Right. So in order to keep pace, you got to run harder and faster. That's real. You know what I mean? It just is what it is. Yeah. So. You know, life throw curveballs at your ass, and you just got to be prepared to, you know, still hit that bitch out the park. I think, I think that's where, if that's the reality, and I agree with you that that's the reality across the board. That's the black experience across the board. If that is going to be the black experience across the board, one way or the other, shouldn't we at least be doing things that we find enjoyable, at least gratifying, at least fulfilling, at least productive? But that's also investments. As opposed to more productive than I trade you this amount of hours for that amount of money. But that's also an investment, right? And having that opportunity is is a is a is a luxury. You understand? So like we don't give it's just due respect. I thought about this today because I was having conversations with some young cats mm-hmm. since a very early age, seven, six, five. I could draw. Only shit I have been interested in mm-hmm. drawing. Fighting, hooping, and talking shit. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. After a while, the NBA wasn't a real thing. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be a professional boxer. Right. I still talk shit and drop. You do. You're very good at both. Very good at both. <laughs> you know what I mean? But how many years did I invest in those skill sets and then have the wherewithal to turn those skill sets into capital? Sure. You understand what I'm saying? So those, even unknowingly, I was making continual investments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then I had the, the, the gumption and the testicular fortitude to leverage those skill sets as opportunities to make capital. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's a decision, right? And I, I, we talk about it as a luxury. And I, anytime the conversation gets close to being that of a parent, I always just defer to parents. I don't have children. Um, and so that's usually the response I get. Well, I got kids, and so it's a different game for me. Cool, but if you think in your heart, if you truly believe that doing things a different way would be the best way to do things, then why do we continue to teach, teach generation after generation that this is just what you got to do because that's just what it is? And again, I'm sure the pressures and the dynamics of that change when you actually are a parent, which again, I'm not. So um, but my point is, like, I think you make a choice to do the things that you find fulfilling. And then you figure out how much financial flexibility that will offer you. Right? My, my grandma used to say, God only protect babies and fools. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I joke with Bug, I joke with TJ, I joke with most of my cousins about I'm the only in the family that ain't a baby or a fool. Because they get away with shit that I just couldn't get away with. Uh-huh. I remember TJ went to Atlanta with $7 and stayed for a month and was successful. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I've been sleeping on the street. Yeah. It wouldn't work for me like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Book went to uh, New York with like $8 and got a record deal. I mean, yeah. shit just don't work out like that for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in the same vein, my same foolhardy nature 
to believe that I'm capable of what is seemingly impossible at a lot of levels, mm -hmm. God protects me. And I've found solace in believing in that. Mm -hmm. Right? So even at a... So at the college, it's funny, right? I remember graduating college or whatever, and, you know, motherfuckers start to live their lives and start to go into their career paths. Life start to change for motherfuckers. Motherfuckers getting careers, motherfuckers getting cars, and I'm talking about the right career. Right. The right car. Right. I'm still living in my mama attic, and I'm driving the colors. It ain't the right crib, and it ain't the right car. Mm hmm Right? And after a while, you start looking around, and be like, wait a minute, man. This ain't cool. Mm hmm You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I made a joke earlier before, like, what's the word? When I said, what's the nip line? I ain't going to lie to you. I know I'm fly to you, right? So I had that kind of gumption and gall anyway. Right. So those things wasn't really defining me. Right. Right? My homies with those things, I felt like if I wanted the chick, I was going to get the chick. Right. Matter of fact, in most instances, I was the dude that brought the chicks to your crib. Right. You know what I mean? So, and, and a lot of those things are... Those material items are leverage or, or, or like bait for women. Sure. Right? So a lot of the value of those things are intrinsically wrapped into how you court women, at least for a man. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So me in the attic and me driving the colors, I still was getting the kind of women I liked and appreciated. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But also that confidence or arrogance or whatever the fuck it was that fueled me to keep going, I wasn't going to settle for the right car and the right address over what I desired doing. Right. You know what I mean? A decision. Surely it sounds like a decision. And it is a decision. Mm -hmm. Right? But be clear about this too, though. It was all, it's, at some levels, it could be considered a foolhardy decision. No doubt about it. It's not the safer pick. Yeah, it could be considered a foolhardy decision. Sure. Sure, sure it can. I mean, I, I would go as far as to say it will be considered that way. Mm -hmm. The suggested route has been chosen for you, right? And 85, 90% of the population follows said route. So to operate outside of that, easily to call that foolish, you know what I mean? Um, doesn't make it so, right? It's more risky. It's less safe. It's perhaps. all perspective-based, though. But, but it, it's, it's what I think is value-based. Like, what do you value? Mm -hmm. do, is it is it what fulfills me, what makes me happy, or is it the label on my clothes? Mm -hmm. Like, what what does it for you? But, and that's fine, whatever whatever way. But for how many people, do, you know, right, people have the tendency to create their value outside of themselves, mm -hmm. right? And I say, when I say it's a luxury, I had the luxury of finding my value internally very early. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I never had to anchor my value outside of myself. I'm cold because I'm cold. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not cold because I got on the Jordans. I'm cold because I'm cold. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And and that's in a lot of in a lot of places and spaces that was seen as being very arrogant. And I still get that attached to me. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Absolutely. Give a fuck though. Right, because it's the fuel, right? And I know you've always been facetious. Right. Sarcastic. Sarcastic. You know what right. I mean? But again, right? So even I was talking to somebody about epitomology mm -hmm. and word meanings and shit. Humble ain't a motherfucking valued asset. Right. It's not. Right. You know what I mean? And when the world is on my motherfucking back, I better be a little bit arrogant. 
I can't afford to diminish my I value. I can't afford to diminish myself. All right. Because it'll crush my spirit and force me to fall in line with whatever I they want me to acquiesce to. Yeah. So one of them quotes from like one of them billionaires, like, you know, different between the big, you know why they call the billionaire the asshole? It's like, because they've, they've got the, the, the courage to demand what they think they worth. You know what I mean? And, and as opposed to a different kind of way. But I, I again, though, I just think that it's, it, 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 it's tied into what you deem to be most valuable in terms of self-love. And you're going to put in the time. You're going to put in the time regardless, right? You're going to put in the time. You're going to work your ass off. What are you working your ass off for? I don't know very many people that I, that as adults that I know to be like, yeah, I don't really work that fucking hard. I don't really do shit. I don't really know no people like that. Um, a few maybe, but for the most part, everybody like, man, shit, I'm fucking tired. I've been doing this, doing that and third. And what those things are varies. And really it's just an internal question about does that make you happy? You, what's the difference be- in your opinion? What's the difference between arrogance and confidence? You too, Evo. Um, I think confidence, confidence is really just comes from preparation, right? I'm prepared for whatever the task is. I'm prepared for whatever I need to be prepared for. Therefore, I'm confident going into it, right? I've studied the game tapes. I've done all the pregame work. I'm ready for this game. I'm good. I'm going to this game confident. Arrogance, in my opinion, has more to do with other people. There's a comparison component to arrogance. There's a, I'm fucking better than you. I'm better than y'all to this thing as opposed to just I'm just prepared for this. It ain't really got shit to do with you. I'm confident because I'm just prepared for this nameless gray faces on the other side. I don't even, whatever. This arrogant shit is, is, is different. It's different. It's, it's kind of like a persona. It's a, it's a added character to confidence, I think. You, you turn it on? Do you oh, get- there we are. Okay. Yeah, I, I would, it's hard not to say the exact same thing Herb just said, but yeah, I would tie arrogance to maybe the way that you treat someone or the perception of the perception that people have of you. Right. So, um, and it's a negative perception. It's a negative connotation to arrogance. I would think, whereas confidence is just your security within yourself. Um, how you feel about yourself and the, certainty that you have about yourself your ability yep and your ability so i asked that question on purpose right in in context to the etymological root of humility right and i say i carried it with a certain level of arrogance right and i, I would agree with both of y'all but to simplify it confidence is the truth arrogance is a projection yes. of a fake truth yep right and in, in regards to what Americans to, to male value placement in America, it's the ability to protect and provide. And how do you do those things? Because it's one thing that does those things in this environment that we've inherited. And that one thing is get to the bag. Right? Now, let's break through the numbers. 90-something <clears throat> percent of our workforce, like we talked about yesterday, government employed less than two percent is in the private sector well where do artists make money where do engineers make money where do creatives make money 
Where do everybody that's not doing some menial shit make money in the 2%? I don't know very many people that grow up with the aspiration of becoming a bus driver. I'm not saying it couldn't exist, but most people probably fall into being a bus driver because whatever my goal was, that, that opportunity wasn't there for me. Right now, if I'm telling you at two, three, four, five, six years old, my aspiration was being the NBA, which what, 36 motherfuckers a year get drafted to the NBA? 5,000 players ever. You understand what I'm saying? Ever. Right, so about 36 motherfuckers a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. How many motherfuckers become professional Surprised boxers? Surprised that number? It's only ever been I 5,000. Yeah, when did the NBA start? It's not a young ago. league. It ain't it ain't that long ago, yes. but either way. It's 75, 70, it's yeah. like 76, 70s? 77 years old. Yeah. It's oh. like high 70s. But nobody, the odds ain't in your favor. <laughs> you know what I mean? In 70, in almost 80 years, 5,000 people have done. The odds ain't in your favor to be a professional boxer. Right. Right? Uh, shit, the odds ain't in your favor to be a professional shit talker. Right. <laughs> we don't even look at artists in that manner, though. That's no, true. Right? But the odds ain't in your favor there either. No. Nah. You know professional painter, my father was drawer. an artist. Right. I can count on my hands how many motherfuckers was making a living off art, and he was taking care of our family off art. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even the artists in his sector was still working jobs. He was working, yeah. but they went home and got ready for the bus driving job they had to do in the morning. That was their side hustle. They, they wasn't committed. Yeah, I mean, there's a... So... Like in like hosting events, like going around different shows, and I, I love live music. It's so many talented musicians in Chicago, mm-hmm. and so I'm always at different places, just watching them play and admiring how fucking amazing they are as saxophonists, keyboarders, drummers. You know what I'm saying? Pianists, whatever. Um, but the vast majority of them got a got a job. You know, it's that's not that's not paying them enough to. Mm-hmm. Not have they other job, whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I only say all this to say this: without that, it's almost impossible to have that kind of confidence—a unique or innate confidence, right? Because you don't even see this pathway existing, mm. right? I mean, when I first started to really like get worthwhile contracts in graphic design. Now, mind you, I had hella relationships, and I'm very good at this shit. Matter of fact, I'm better than the vast majority of motherfuckers doing this shit. And that sounds arrogant. You are. But I'm comparing myself against the group that I've seen. Right? And the reason why I'm better is because being better is a necessity to participate. Right? And that's one of the lessons that my father implanted on me early on in life. Mm-hmm. So them same dudes that would take these pictures, then go ride the bus, it'd take them a week to get their product back to the client. My father took them pictures that night, took his ass to that dark room that night, and got them pictures to them that next morning. I'm going to outwork every motherfucker here. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever have to go ride this goddamn bus. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's always kind of been my mentality. Mm-hmm. Even if I ain't better, I'm going to outwork your ass. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to beat me in nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? So when I say I'm better, it's people out here that I know have an artistic eye that I value. Mm-hmm. Right? But they got to come to me to get clients. Mm-hmm. Not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Because I've outworked them to a point where they're obsolete in the field. Mm-hmm. Right? So, again, but that's just, I've been anchored in that kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Right? 
But to to achieve though, and I ain't even saying it like, oh nigga, I'm balling or nothing. I'm not that guy. But to just be able to sustain in this world as a black man, you better be arrogant. Cause you ain't sure. You understand what I'm saying? My first contract, my first like in real contract, I met this Hispanic group of cats who I saw was moving like I was moving, networking horizontally. But I know the doors is gonna open differently for them. Mm-hmm. I was passing these motherfuckers' contracts with the hopes that I could build into their firm. Mm-hmm. Man, fuck out of here. They just took them contracts and said, fuck you. Right. You're not invited to the party. And that shit happens to be still. You know what I mean? It's just the game, bro. 2% of us is in this world, period. Not in the art world, but in this world, period. Mm-hmm. You better be Aaron. So, it's going to say that right I think that you look over history and you think about the people who have been at least publicly deemed very arrogant, right? And just thinking what I know best, sports, right? You got Prime, Deion Sanders, right? He comes in, he's got all the gold chains, he's got the Jerry Curl, he talk a lot, you know what I'm saying, after the game, which a lot of people don't know, Prime never talks trash on the field, never talk trash to his opponents, never. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but he's got this brash persona, right? I'm the best. You know what I'm saying? This is my house, that kind of stuff. You got Prime, you got Muhammad Ali, right? And All I, heroes of mine. Mine too. And I, I think that when you talk about them though, right, you're talking about a level of preparation, a level of certainty. Mm-hmm. Dion didn't come on the field like, I'm probably I'm probably the best player out, nigga. I'm the best player out here. He told Steve Young when he played for the when he went to the Cowboys and played for them after he had played for Steve with the with before not. He told Steve Young, "Listen, I love you. Thanks for helping me get the Super Bowl ring." He said, "But if you throw it prime, get ready to make a tackle because I'm catching the ball and running right back at you." Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's it's real. And if you don't think he picked that nigga off, you crazy. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he that's just what it was. Ali, like, I'm telling, I'm gonna tell you what ring I'm gonna, where I'm gonna knock you out in. Mm-hmm. That's a level of preparation, a level of I'm gifted at this, right? Confidence. But that great, but their greatness exceeded their skill sets. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right? So the reason, and it's not the reason we value them. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that at all. Mm-hmm. Right? Floyd Mayweather. Sure. Right? His his record is better than Ali's. Yeah. He's never going to be valued like Ali. No. Right? right. I, I can't say what the NFL is producing it equates to Dion. I don't know if anybody has at this point. Right? But great example, Bo Jackson, though. And I'm only saying Bo Jackson in the sense that just like Dion, he played the dual sports, which was some of the shit that kind of makes Dion bigger than life. You know what I mean? I'm talk about Bo Jackson like we talk about Dion. Right? Because he didn't have the, he had the demure demeanor. He didn't, you know, he couldn't sell it like Dion sold it. Yeah. His you know career I mean? cut short too, but I got you. I get all that, mm-hmm. right? But he doesn't, he's not the character that Dion was. No. Right? And in that character, Dion was able to play outside of where he was so confident at. Mm-hmm. Because of his character, Ali would be able to play. He was bigger than that. I'm bigger than this. Yeah. And I know I'm bigger than this. Yeah. Everything I'm do, I'm bigger than it. Yeah. Right? And the world should be ready for my bigness yeah. in my mind. No. You know what I mean? Same. I agree. You're not going to confine me to shit. Yep. I agree. I was born to be a god. 
And that sounds so fucking arrogant. Right? It doesn't, though. It don't sound arrogant It doesn't to me. sound arrogant to me I, I, either. I, I, again, I think, for me, arrogance enters into this negative space that I refuse to put supreme confidence in. People may not recognize or understand that level of confidence. It's like and arrogance so, is people are uncomfortable with your level of confidence. I wouldn't even say that because I think a lot of people were un- uncomfortable with Muhammad Ali's confidence, uncomfortable with Prime's confidence, but I don't think either of them dudes was arrogant. But I think because that, they put the time in. Like I think that when how we talk about what how we talk about arrogance being the perception of people outside of yourself, mm-hmm. it's almost like confidence translates to arrogance when outsiders are uncomfortable with your. I'm gonna say this Levels too though, right? We all are fire signs. I agree. Two Leos mm-hmm. and Aries, Aries mm-hmm. right? I remember this shit, and I'm just thinking about just how different people respond to different shit. Mm-hmm. My father got diagnosed with a real rare form of cancer. It was like 600 people in the country with this form of cancer, right? And they talking to the doctor. We talking to the doctor. My mom in here with him, and the doctor was a very arrogant motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we'll this. We'll get this. We'll Knock do this. Out. Right, and you could visibly see my mother was offended. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And my father's response to my mother, and I'm much younger. My father was like, "Shit, how can I not believe in him? I, I'm fucking with him because of his arrogance." Mm-hmm. Right, but also my father was the man that didn't have to go drive the bus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. His relationship to dude's ego was different than my mother's relationship sure. to dude's ego. Sure. Yeah. Right? My father understands just because your light shines don't mean you dim in mine. Yeah, but I, so I recognize as a very confident person, I recognize arrogance in other people and I view it. There's a level of ignorance that I associate with arrogance, mm-hmm. right? There's a level of ignorance about the task at hand. Right, so that doctor's in there like, man, cancer ain't shit. Don't even worry about cancer. That ain't, that ain't about nothing. Now you, now you sound ignorant, which not, and now you're talking arrogant to me. But if you just in there like, listen, I've seen it, I've done it. I'm the listen. I'm the best there is. I'm gonna go ahead and get this shit out. But it's rare. Six hundred people. I ain't seen it. I ain't done it. But I believe in me so heavily. Cool that I can do it. Cool, right? And it's a nuance. It's a very nuanced conversation. It's a confidence thing, right there, man. As opposed to this, this arrogance or this, like, we read the definitions, baby. Yeah, you want me to read them? So, arrogant is defined as having or revealing an exaggerated sense of one's own importance or abilities. So, exaggerated. Yeah, exaggerated to who? Because if it's the and me, how goes the back fuck to, could it possibly be exaggerated? That goes back to what we were saying in the beginning, outside of yourself, because then confidence is defined as the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. It's firm trust. Yeah. State of feeling certain about the truth of something. I can rely on my knowledge, my abilities, my experience. I got firm trust in it. That exaggerated sense, I think it's I think it's in self, right? Again, self assurance. Yeah. If you can, if you can, if you can back up all the shit you say to me, I don't give a fuck what you said. It ain't arrogant. I'm with it. I'm telling you what this is. I'm telling you, throw that motherfucking ball over here. I'm gonna pick that bitch and run it back. Don't disagree. There's no for me. No matter what you say, if you can do it, 
I have no arrogance there. The only reason, though, that I brought up the statement and the analogy that I used and why I push, I don't even want to say push back, mm -hmm. but I sort of disagree with even leveraging sports analogies. Sure. In the context of how we having the conversation. Okay. Because the one thing about sports is all the rules are clearly defined. Sure. Right? That goal is going to be 10 feet no matter what. Yeah. That football no field is going to be 100 yards no matter what. No doubt. The rules are the rules and the game is played publicly. Sure. Right? But when I brought up my interest, mm -hmm. right, as, as, as XYZ age, basketball, I don't give a fuck what the goal is. I ain't going to reach it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Boxing, I ain't going to reach it. But in business, and that's why I brought up the numbers about black people, the, the rules ain't never clearly defined. And they don't happen publicly. I can so you got to create a level of, because you ain't sure. Because you don't make the fucking rules. Right? And enough of us ain't even played the game. To come back and tell everybody, here's the rules. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Them dudes who was moonlighting as photographers against my father who didn't use it as a moonlight. Right? Sure. In their mind, they doing the same shit my daddy doing. But what your daddy knows is you ain't going to outwork me. That, but, I know that. Surely. So right? I don't, I don't got to know the, the, the course. I don't got to see this. I don't got to see the end. What I know for sure is that I got the skill set. I've got the work ethic. And you are not going to outwork me on this shit. Now. That's nuanced too, mm -hmm. right? Was his work ethic based in his fear of failure or his security and his skill set? I think security. Shit, I say fear. I say I don't give a fuck. I think it matters. It don't change the confidence, whether it's confidence or arrogance. I think, it all, I think it absolutely matters. I think it does change it. I don't think so, G. Right? I'm not sure if I can get to this mountaintop, but I know goddamn well I can avoid this bottom. As a creative myself or someone, you know what I'm saying? I do. I think it changes it, bro. I, I do get what you're saying. I just don't think. I don't think. I still don't think that nothing wait, from the pure confidence standard even, enters into areas. Even in the nuance, mm -hmm. working harder does not elevate his creativity. No, it matter of fact, it probably diminishes it. I can see that. You know what I mean? I can see that. And his ability to avoid failure wasn't based on his creativity. Is based on his work ethic. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going. I'm a. I'm a run so hard that the bottom that's biting at my heels never catches me. But I also might just be running in place because I'm not going further up the mountain. Because the game of business pushes you further up the mountain. I just think that confidence comes from you, you. You want me to not use these sports analogies, but I feel like they're so fucking relevant. G, the Nick, I don't know his name, Adesanya or something like that. He's a, he's an MMA fighter, mixed martial arts to get in the fucking octagon and fight till nobody got a face no more. They going into the last round of this shit. Both of them got like half a face now, right? He doesn't. He never sits down. Whatever. That don't even really matter. He's standing in the corner. All right. And he comes, the bell ring, they're about to come out. And he looks across the ring at the other dude. Both of them have been beating the living shit out of each other. Last round, he looks across the dude and says, you cannot beat me. I'm prepared to die. That ain't arrogant, G. Like, you, like, he, you can't beat me. I'm telling you why. I'm willing to die in this motherfucker. So all that, put me in a chokehold. I'm going to tap out. No, I'm not, bro. Like, 
I'm ready to die here. It's a different level of commitment that tells me I'm going to fucking win. And it's not arrogance. There's just this ignorance that comes along with arrogance to me. Remember the fucking uh, kickboxing? You ever watched that, 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 that movie, that trilogy? It was white people you, you might not have. But it had Sean claude Van Damme in it. I've seen one before, like, you know, late, late at night on Channel 52 or some okay. shit. One of them stars with his brother getting paralyzed in the ring, right? And that's why he started the fight. He wanted to go beat this nigga named Tom Poe. Tom Poe was a... The big Chinaman. Big Chinaman with the long ponytail and shit, right? Uh, Van Damme, before the fight, his brother cold as hell, badass American going over here to fight this dude. Cool. Before the fight, Van Damme going down the hallway to get ice. Right? He go down the hallway, he get ice. He go, go to the ice bucket, he coming back. He hear, doom. 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 And like the building shaking, like sawdust coming out the corner and shit. He go down the other hallway. What the fuck is going on? The big Chinaman hitting walls. He's kicking the fucking pillar in the wall, G. Boom. And the whole shit is boom. Mm-hmm. Go in there and tell his brother, like, hey, we should sit this without G. Fuck all the fuck all that. He like, we came over here to fight. He's like, hey, the dude is he's like, he's kicking the goddamn thing like this and this shit, right? And his brother, like, can he move like me? Is he fast like me? Paralyzed. Hey, fam, your ignorance, your arrogance has, you know what I'm saying? You done took a level of ignorance and brought into this thing. I'm trying to tell you there's some shit about this task that you don't know. You let your ignorance influence you. Now you arrogant. Now you in a wheelchair. I feel it. I, I, you, know, I, I, you know, I know the conversation we're trying to get into is about really diving deep into self-love and understanding self-love and self-worth. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and I think that because of the unique position of being a black man in America where the value system is predicated on certain things sure. and us not having access to those certain yeah, things right. is almost a possibility to say I'm assured that I'm going to reach the state of what everybody in America values. Oh, I agree with you 100% on that. Right? But I don't, I- So either I cop out or I tap in. And if you tap in, are you tapping into confidence or are you tapping into arrogance? Because it's nearly an impossibility to tap into uncharted territory of confidence to be and be assured of it. So again, I think the goal matters, right? So if the goal is for me to have all the trinkets that we deem valuable, that we view as signs of success, if that's the goal, then yeah, you can say, I don't know what you're going to make. You, how could you be confident you're going to make it that? But if the goal is healthy, happy, whole, I'm confident I can find that within within what I want to do, right? Now, does that mean I'm going to have 15-bedroom mansion and this jewelry and that car? Nah, but that's not not my value. My value is based on am I happy? How do I spend my time? Do I do things that matter to me? Then I can be very, very confident that, yeah, I can do the things that I enjoy and still create a life for myself where I can sustain myself and I can be happy, whole, and fulfilled in the ways that I spend my time. But I'm going to say that's a youthful, arrogant perspective. And I'm going to say it in this way, right? As I'm out here dolo solo living my life, I don't have no responsibility shit, right? If noodles is what I got to eat, I got to eat noodles. And I'm okay with that because it's on me. You know what I mean? Shit, if I don't got to eat, I'm okay with that. It's on me. Right, but as you mature and if you ever start a family, that ain't real. 
That's what I opened the conversation with, right? That ain't a real thing no more. You know what I mean? And now the shit that America says is valuable comes into play. Because you're being judged by the motherfuckers. Logically, you should love the most. Yeah. Right? And now you're either, one, forced to play the game. So I'm going to be the photographer at night and drive the bus during the day. But I got to anchor myself into something bigger and believe I can achieve in a way that is going to make this shit not uh, inconsistent. Mm-hmm. It has to be consistent, right? So for my father to be consistent and feed me, I got to work John Henryism, mm-hmm. right? Now, as a byproduct of that running that he's doing, I'm also a creative, so I love being creative. Mm-hmm. I love being the people with people. I love making my own schedule. I, in my mind, it's like I'm doing it my way. Right. But in reality, you not. Mm-hmm. In reality, it's a bunch, it's a st- it's still a puppeteer over your ass pulling every string. Mm-hmm. Then you got a motherfucker that's, I, you know, I, I don't know photographers like that. Sure. You know what I mean? But if I just made up a name. Sure. You know what I mean? His ass might go get gallery work and work once a year. And make more money than my father could imagine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Not have none of the skill sets, but have all of the access. Absolutely. It just changes. You know what I mean? So I, just, I think it's an interesting conversation. But I think that one, as a black man who has been left out of the fray, when we come up with that kind of belief systems in ourselves, like think about this, G, me, Boog, TJ, right? We love my cousin. Mm-hmm. Love both my cousins. Mm-hmm. TJ, at the time 50 Cent dropped that first album, mm-hmm. TJ's record in Chicago was bigger than 50 Cent's record. Mm-hmm. That ain't no bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right? He, TJ called himself Mr. Windy City. I, I can't remember the names of the songs. But you know the Kelly and Nelly song that they used to have back in the day, and you know the remix you used to play on Chicago radio? That's my cousin's record. Mm-hmm. Right? And that was his second record. He had a record just on his own record that at the time 50 dropped, this shit got more burn mm-hmm. than 50 record. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kelly Nelly shit. He had a lot of opportunities. Few op- Let me say a few opportunities. Mm-hmm. Nothing really ever panned out. You know what I mean? But he's always been engaged around entertainment. I want to be in entertainment. That's it. Nigga hoop. Nigga play college ball. Nigga had a lot of other opportunities. Mm-hmm. But this is where his heart was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it took... It's, he's on his second generation. His son is in Creed. His son is in reason about... His, but his son is catching the remnants of all the work. Sure. TJ put in. Sure. Right? Book. Book is finna book in money. Mm-hmm. Like real money. Mm-hmm. But for 40 years, he wasn't. Right. And and in the and, and in the midst of those 40 years, there was a lot of shit left behind. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and and it's just about perspective. In my life, I wasn't willing to leave some of that shit behind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So maybe his ascension into the big, big bread is because of his willingness to leave some shit behind. The sacrifice. And my lack of ascension and just being able to be stable mm-hmm. is based on my unwillingness to leave shit behind. What it sounds like you're saying is maybe your friend or cousin he sacrificed and maybe some other people maybe were missing out behind it right over the time. Whereas you were there to 
keep the focus on whatever it's a it is different that you're sacrifice. building. You know what I mean? Right. It's a different sacrifice. You know what I mean? It's just a different sacrifice. Yeah. Right. I think like to, to East Point, there just has to be this level of comfort and like completeness mm-hmm. in whatever physical yeah. like circumstance I'm in. Like whatever, whatever kind of car I'm driving. Right. Whatever I'm wherever I'm living at. Like I'm cool with that. We can like, go I'm, to a two-bedroom apartment and call it a day. I'm fine with that, right? Yep. Right. I'm going to live whatever my means are comfortably, right? It ain't gonna change shit about her whether I'm in the mansion or in the studio. Exactly. It's not going to change me internally. I'm cool either fucking way. Um and that allows me to be confident enough to just do things that feel good to me. Things that I find fulfilling. Things that I don't find to be fucking work. I have to think back on some shit like, damn, I was like fucking 20 hour a day. Or damn, I ain't really been asleep in like three days. And you'd be like, well. Which is not cool. It's not cool. Whatever. But <laughs> when I think, when, when I do get to those moments, right? I'd be like, well, yeah, what you do the last three days? Whole bunch of shit I wanted to do. Exactly. Yeah. Whole bunch of shit I was happy for. Whole bunch of shit I prayed to be able to do at different points in my life. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to have a day where I wake up and I do this and then I do that and then I do this and I do that. And to now be in a space where those are the fucking days I have, I got to remind myself, like, bro, you don't, you can't be complaining about this shit. You don't get to be like, oh, I mean, you can, but like, Perspective. Like I be trying to check myself on like the, the, the words I use, right? Because I often be like, man, I gotta go up to Hallis Hall, then I gotta go do the podcast, and then I gotta go host this thing, and then I gotta be a guest parent. So it's like, hold up, I get to be like, you know what I'm saying? Is self love a luxury? If you make it, well, Herb just said that. that he does, you know, on a daily basis, and three, you know, it's three days out of the week that maybe he's not sleeping. Mm-hmm. But he's in. He's doing all the things that he enjoys. I was gonna ask, like, is that self love? So, like, what is self love first? I guess. Even in the 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 analogy that Herb uses, right, saying mm-hmm. I do what I want to do, mm-hmm. right. All that shit is is remnants of the luxury of Herb's life. Like it's all remnants of the luxury of my life, right. And I and not to say that oh we just had it sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. The fact that I'm the kind of artist I am, mm-hmm. I'd be a fool to think that's not something to do with genetics. Some of this shit was just bestowed upon me. <laughs> I ain't had nothing to do with it. I just showed up, and because of the gene pool in which I derived from, I could do this. I could do some of this shit, yeah. right? Yeah. The fact that my father had a dark room in my basement all my life. Yeah. To even know what that is. Right? Yeah. I knew how this shit worked some shit very early. They never seen one. Photoshop didn't exist. (laughs) By the time it existed, I know how this shit works because this shit been in my basement all my life. It's a luxury. You know what I mean? Boog, for example. The musical shit was always in the house. Sure. Right? A motherfucker might be interested in music, but not having access. That having access versus not having access, that access is a luxury. Right? And it informs so much further in our lives. Mm -hmm. Right? So I, I asked... Even the investment itself, mm-hmm. at some point, we got to recognize is a luxury. Because when you born up under some different kind of duress, you might not have those luxuries. You might not have the luxury of freeing your mind up enough to even be creative. What is self-love? What do you all think self-love is? I think, in a, for me, 
It's a commitment to self. Right? A commitment to exploration of yourself. I, I'm glad you said exploration because that's what I think. It's a commitment. This con- like, who the fuck am I? Number one. I want to know. Like, who, who am I? Am I constantly doing the work to make sure that I know who I am? Challenging and then if me. I do know who I am, right, consistently, as that evolves, right, do I know who I am and then am I courageous enough and willing to be that person? No. So, so being able to, to answer to who you are, answer to and acknowledge who you are. Yeah. And we got to acknowledge that that's going to be always on the pendulum. It's yeah. going to always be moving. Always. Right? But having a luxury to analyze self, mm-hmm. I don't see luxury. how you could come up out of that and have something external as the goal. Agreed. For fulfillment. Agreed. Right? But that's the luxury itself. Having the wherewithal to analyze self. I think if you can do that without without wanting the external things, right? If you can do that without the desires of the external things. I know what I wanted to do when I also knew that I wanted when I can all when I can list all the 10 cars that I wanted. And I knew exactly how I wanted my house to be laid out. And, and like when I was when I when I was really that was my mind, that was my goal. I knew exactly what I wanted to do then, right? How I was going to do it and how it was going to work, but it was just about manipulating a pathway to those things. I don't really want to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't really want to do that. Um, I want to be a sports agent. And I was like, I can, like, you want me to just mediate billionaires arguing with millionaires over money? I can do that shit. I can talk to anybody. I can talk motherfuckers into damn near any fucking thing. And I can relate to people on either side of a fucking argument. I can do that shit. No fucking problem. And I like sports. But I don't really want to fucking do that shit. You know what I'm saying? But it would have got me all the shit I was in my mind that I wanted. But I don't think that I would have been happier. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. Um, but even in all of those derivatives you just named. Sure. My, my life was interesting. And I, and I hearken it back to my father's life. Just watching from the outside. Right? Some of the experiences that man had, I used to be like, man, how the fuck you pull that off? <laughs> Right, just like how, motherfucker, that nigga was with Farrakhan and them in Libya when uh, they bombed Libya. He was there. He's with Farrakhan. I'm like that, him, Farrakhan, and Gaddafi just kicking it. Yes, this is real Your shit. Your father was. My father was right there. <laughs> right. You're welcome, Patreon. Right. It's real shit, right? But this is nigga that lived on 95th Street. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you ain't supposed to be there. How do you get to Libya? Yeah. On the plane with Farrakhan. Yeah. Right? But now it sounds to a motherfucker who didn't live in my house, because it's a thousands of them stories. Yeah. Right? To a motherfucker that didn't live in my house, you'd be, motherfucker probably look at me like, right. right. Get that bullshit out of here, right? Right. Motherfuckers look at my son today like, because my life is fucking amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It might not show on paper. It might not show on what I drive. Yeah. It might not show my address. But the access I have is, is amazing. It's unusual. That's all that matters. It's unusual. It's unusual. It's unusual, right? The people that come to my house, I know my mother. I remember my son went to school. It was like, man, I, I was talking to Minister Farrakhan. Everybody's like, who? Yeah, I right, nigga. <laughs> right. 
But no, no, he was sitting with Minister Farrakhan having a conversation because the access that his daddy has, mm-hmm. right? And that's local, mm-hmm. right? Me telling somebody I was with Kim Kardashian at Soldier Field the night of the, I'm on the floor on the, on the sand dirt of the crib in Soldier Field when Kanye's doing his con. I didn't like Kanye music, <laughs> right? Yeah. We walking in the stadium, motherfuckers like, is that too yelling from the motherfucker audience? <laughs> Don't mean shit to me though. But it's the kind of access that the lifestyle I've led affords me. You know what I mean? But the motherfucker who's not living in my shoes be like, man, how the fuck is that possible? Right? All that shit is remnants of the luxury, though. See, I I would would disagree. And I'm going to push back a little bit more, though. A pre-push? Yes. It's not a pre-push. Not it ain't really a pre-push. It's a, it's a responsive push. It's still a responsive push, but I wanted to get this out in the open too. Even when God said you talking about the sports age and all of the yeah, shit yeah. you said. Yeah. Like you are uniquely interested in football. Mm-hmm. I like football, mm-hmm. but I don't like football like you. Yeah. You've made a commitment to the interest. Sure. So even in the self-love thing being an exploration of self. It's a bunch of motherfuckers that watch football on Sunday, but they ain't interested like you interested. No, very few people are. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a bunch of motherfuckers that doodle, mm-hmm. but they ain't interested like I'm interested. Very few people. Right? It's a bunch of motherfuckers that play records, right? but they ain't interested like Boog interested. Right, right. You, you understand what I'm are. saying? So that interest is the first remnant of understanding self-love. Mm-hmm. Something outside of you driving and commanding your interests. So much so that you commit deeply to it. Right. See what both of y'all saying. Right? Right. Now, look around. About and even if you look around as a child, mm-hmm. right? When I, I, you talk about this shit mm-hmm. and I unconsciously do it. I don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Right? But because you ain't me, you paid attention to me doing it. Mm-hmm. We used to do the show on VON. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't look the fuck up because <laughs> I sit in there drawing all day long. Mm-hmm. Right? It looks to the, to the, to the, a motherfucker outside of me, it looked like I ain't paying attention to shit. Right. But this is how I fucking focus. Right. Right? Right. Motherfucker could say to me anything, and in this moment, because I'm so tuned in, I could reverberate or talk back or respond to. Mm-hmm. I used to get in trouble in school doing that because I wasn't taking notes. But in reality, I was taking notes because if I would have been taking notes, my mind would have been somewhere else. I don't know what the fuck you talking about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But how many other motherfuckers you know with those kind of investments, even in your peer group, in anything? It's a it's a different it's a different thing that you're just able to tap into when you're doing something that you that comes natural to you and that you genuinely enjoy doing. But that's through a search of interest. Can I can I, I interject real quick? Because yeah. I want to just see if I understand what both of you all are saying. Because we're talking about the luxury of being able to explore self-love right to and i push you, back on that because i don't think i don't I, I push back on the luxury part versus the choice but go ahead i think you push back on the luxury part and i think both of y'all make sense if i have it correctly you're saying it's not a luxury because it's only a luxury when you're trying to meet the standards of you know having xyz and all these things that maybe society deems you to have right and two is saying some people may not have that luxury because you are trying to take care of your family, essentially, basically. I'm saying or, it's nuanced, but sense. when her brought that, I'm saying the luxury itself is being able to tap into that self at an early age. At an early age, that's a luxury. Okay. Right. 
It's a luxury. To even be able to know. Mm-hmm. Right? So in order to tap into that, how much other shit you got to tune out? A lot. A lot, right? So let's think about this in just context to the, the newest or the youngest generation. Mm-hmm. Think of how much shit they are just attached to. Mm-hmm. Everything in life is moving like this. Mm-hmm. How many times are they letting go of all of those things and tapping inside? Ex- that's self-exploration. Seldomly. Seldomly. To turn all this shit off would be a luxury. Yeah. It's a luxury. I, I get that, right? But I also believe that most people know what makes them feel good, what they like to do. I don't believe that. I do. I think most people know what it is you like, whether they do it or not, whether they find a way to, you know, sustain themselves by doing it or not. They may not recognize. I think they know this thing. I like to do. I like to do this shit. I don't think they know when when the world is too loud. Where the fuck do I go? What do I do? But they don't figure that out. I don't think they life, fucking know. Period. I think what they do is they hide the fact that they know and deal in shit that is easy. I'm gonna fuck till I feel good. When did y'all? Know? I'm gonna get money till I feel good. I'm going to buy shit until I feel good. All right. So let me go with you for the, on this for a second. Just for the sake of argument, let me, let me just go with you. Because I'm trying to work it out too, right? Perhaps what I'm saying is that you come into this world with these natural gifts, these things that you're just able to do. Draw. Could never do the shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, speaking, right? Relating to people came out the womb able to do that shit and i've just over the years as i've just enjoyed doing it i've honed my skills for it so now people are like yo how did you get so good at doing this that and the third right and it's like i don't know really i can't really tell you i didn't I can't tell you like oh, i took this class i read this book i was naturally able to do this thing at a very very early age and then i just kept doing it right and so i hosted assemblies in grammar school I hosted fashion talent shows in high school. I put on and hosted shows in college. Like, that's just, I, I was good at it. Football, I was drawn to. I was just naturally drawn to it at a very, very early age. And so I would watch as much of it as I can. I would, re, you know what I'm saying, re, fucking just rewatch the games, even on fucking VHS. Come to my crib and fucking old-ass VHS tapes of football games so I could just fucking watch them again. And that kind of shit, it's like you talking about, like, how you be... When we be at the radio, and I, it took me a while to realize that, like, you was fully engaged in the conversation. I was like, oh, he didn't miss a beat on that shit. But then guests would come in, he'd be like, he, I'm like, no, nah, he's right with you. Like, you can stay in right there. For me, I'm the same way now, right? And I noticed this. <laughs> it's, it ain't funny to me. It'd be funny to them mostly. But just, like, covering the fucking football games, everybody's up there, and they write, and they And I'm just watching the game, Right? And I, I, I take my notes for shit that I want to come back to or shit I might want to ask later. But I'm just taking my notes. I'm just watching the fucking game. And I can see all of this shit. And I can retain all of it. And then a week later, I could be like, yo, coach, it was third and seven, such and such, such and such. Y'all did this and this formation. Y'all called this. This happened. But why didn't this happen? Right? And my folks like, yo, you saw that shit? And it's like, yeah, I saw that shit. Like, I was at the same place you was. But I can... There's been this investment that I've made into this game 
that has nothing to do with me being a journalism student. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a different there's a different thing that I'm tapping into. Because it ain't about journalism. No. It's about the game. The yes. game that you love that you committed to. Yes. Same thing with Boog and music. Yes. I'm a music fan. But when they listen to music, I be irritated to the motherfucker. It's different. I don't want to listen to music the way you listen to music. Nobody watches football games with me. And I don't watch football games with other people. My point is because that. I like I, you're gonna you're gonna irritate me, and I'm definitely gonna irritate you. Because you're gonna be like, why did you why do we have to watch this play six times in a row? Because your investment is I'm different. watching what the left guard did with his feet. Yeah, that's like what? Right? The <laughs> fact that you say you got VHS tapes to watch this shit over again. I don't want to see I seen this before. <laughs> I don't want to see this shit again. Yeah, my investment ain't the same. Yes. Right? I, I, all of that shit is a luxury. And I don't think most people find that. And, and I think it's getting worse and worse because the noise is getting louder and louder. I agree with that for sure. Right? So what you see is the remnants of that. The, the fact that mental health and mental stability becomes an overarching conversation in the public lexicon, in my opinion, is a direct response to that. You unhappy because you ain't never tapped into self to find happy. Mm-hmm. Right? So... In knowing people who deal with uh, depression and all that shit uniquely and intimately, in my mind, when I first came to the conversation with them people, I was like, motherfucker, just make the decision not to be depressed. That is what you... (laughs) What the fuck? Because my mind don't operate like that. Mine doesn't. But I'm also bypassing the process of me finding shit that I love early. The noise has never crowded my mind like that person. And the commitment to see it through. But but again, right? Where does their brain development start and stop? I don't know. I don't live there. Right? So what happens with all the noise, because the noise is telling you something too. The noise is telling you what makes you valuable. It is. Mm-hmm. Right? All the shit that you tapped into that creates the noise tell you what it's makes you, you valuable. Value set, yeah. It's giving you your value set. Right? Me being able to unplug for that, unplug from that unconsciously. To decide for myself. I didn't consciously unplug from that shit. It was unconscious. So that's what I was saying. I didn't saying. make a choice to unplug. I think later you did. Right? That's what I'm saying about... I think I was already unplugged. I think you was born with these gifts. You started to do them. You liked them. But at some point, you you made a decision about am I going this way? Am I going that way? Am I going straight? And I think very few people go straight at the fork in the road. So it's I'm, just natural to think. But I'm a challenge. If, you I, go, if I'm bro. going this way, I've been going this way. I've been going this way. Oh, now some other options. I'm a challenge. I should probably stop doing what I'm already doing. I'm a challenge. You. Mm-hmm. I think that conversation you're having is in context to career paths and shit like that, right? I'm saying this. You got them fucking VHS tapes because yeah. you fucking like football. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if I make a dollar off this shit. Yeah. I got these VHS tapes yes, to I go do. back and watch how this nigga feet was playing. Yes, I do. I'm never doing that with you, right? right? Whether you made a dollar off it or not. Right. Boogerton wasn't making money off music for 30 fucking years. Right. When they turn that shit on in the basement, I'm leaving. Because right. I know how this shit plays out. Right. You understand what I'm they saying? They can listen to the same beat a thousand times. Nigga! Can I hear the words? Right. No. You no, you cannot. Because they listen to some little thing some that little you don't shit even hear. That I don't even hear, and I don't want to hear this shit for an hour and a half. It irritates me. You understand right. me? Right. Right? So music that I know I like. Right. I enjoy this record. Right. I'm not going to enjoy it with you, y'all. Right. I'm not right. going to enjoy it with you. Right. I'm leaving. Right fucking now. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So, But all of us found that enjoyment early 
And regardless if it created any equity, sure, we would still be the same way. Now, in contrast to someone who didn't make that equitable investment, and there's a the, the vast majority of people don't make that equitable investment. They don't know. They're addicted to the noise. So even early, it's nothing driving them but external factors. So even as they get to their 30s and their 40s and their 50s, because they've always been tapped into the noise, they've never had nothing internal. So it ain't, it ain't tapping or making a decision to tap out. Nigga, you ain't never even seen it. There's the other side of this road. And that's the vast majority of people. But don't you think it was more people that like to draw when they were shorties than there are professional Not artists? like Boog listens to beats. Not like... Somebody like you draw. Not like I'm going to practice making a circle. To draw. Sure. Right? It's what? A circle. A square. A cone. Mm-hmm. A, 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 a triangle. Mm-hmm. And a rectangle. Mm-hmm. After these five shapes, everything in the world is made up of these five shapes. Mm-hmm. But logic, you could say once you master these five shapes, you could draw anything you want to draw. Mm-hmm. Logically, because everything in the world is made up of these five shapes. Sure. Right? So as I understood that, I spent hours practicing just a fucking circle. How many niggas you know to sitting here drawing circles, bro? I, I don't know nothing. You understand what I'm saying? I do. It's a different investment. Mm-hmm. So they see my circle like I saw Boog with the beat, like a nigga would see you watching that VHS tape. Mm-hmm. It ain't the same. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It ain't the same. Agreed. Right? I'm passing through. I'm anchored in. Right. It's a difference. Not for sure. It, 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 it is a difference. And it, I don't know that that difference in and of itself is enough to turn the noise off or when the rubber meets the road for you to be like, okay, I'm not going after the safest route. I'm sticking to this. Like I'm saying I want us to stop having that part of the conversation. Okay. I want us to stop having the end goal of equity conversation. All right. Cause I think that matters. I don't. Okay. Right. And I think that's where we got the disconnect. All right. I think if we cut off the end goal of equity. Sure. Would I do this with art? Would you do what you do with football? Yes. Would Boog do what he does with beats if we knew that there would never be anything else attached to it yes. other than us finding out what we were searching for in those moments? Yes. We, we would, would all do, do them still. Yes. That's the part that I'm talking about is the luxury. Fuck the end goal. Because our end goal ain't attached to what everybody else's end goal is attached to. Your end goal of finding out why this nigga's feet is playing like this and about what equity could bring me. No. Right? Boog, listen to this sound that I don't even hear that's just making my skin crawl. I don't even know what he's looking for. Right. Right? Right. But it's not attached to an end goal of equity. No. Right? I.e., why they say you should do something what you love because when you do it, you don't even look at it as work. It's working. Right? Same thing with the circle. It's not the same. Yeah, but you don't know that you, you don't even realize that you didn't made a hundred fucking circles. I don't realize I, I watched it. this play 17 times. Because I love it. Right. Right? And I'm saying that that is a luxury. No, I think that is a choice. Right? So I'm saying let go of the the end goal and the capital and shit, all that shit. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. To let go of that is not a luxury. It's a choice. I made a choice that that shit does not matter more than my fulfillment. That's the choice I made. And maybe... 
I, I don't know where I don't know where it being a luxury comes in. I think it's a luxury, bro. I, and it's interesting, right? My sister lived in the room next door to me. Mm-hmm. She ain't never tapped into nothing that she loved. Mm-hmm. Had all the opportunities I had. I love my sister to death. Right? This is no bullshit, G. And this is, we on Patreon, but this is like private to me. When my sister passed away, G, she had, I mean, she knew she was dying. And she had wrote her own eulogy or her own obituary, whatever the word is. I don't know which one it is. Right? Bam, I read that shit. And I fucking refuse for the world to see my sister in that light. Think about that, bro. This woman knows she's dying, and this is her perception of herself. Gee, that shit hurt me more than the death. You understand what I'm saying? But as in a more mature man, I can look back and analyze that. My sister was fucking beautiful, bro. That nigga, you know, light skin, long hair, all the shit that niggas are, you know, go crazy. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. But internally, she ain't feel like that. I don't give a fuck what she was projecting outwardly because she projected it outwardly, nigga. Yeah. yeah. Right? Such a, yeah. But internally, it wasn't there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't there. And I'm a, this is also private, but on her last days, and then she used to bother me. Like she, we, You know, I see the transition happening. She about to go. So I made it my my my... My purpose for every weekend, I would go pick up my nephew and niece to get just get them away from that energy. One, give my sister some room, get them away from that energy, right? There was some dude who she was dealing with or they liked her or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't even know this nigga. I don't know nothing about this nigga. But, because, but back to, to, to self-love, right? And I'm not in no way shitting on my sister. I love my sister. But I would come out there and she'd be laid in the bed Fucked up, hurting, pain, all that, right? My niece and nephew kind of just doing their own thing, surviving and navigating life, how they had to have survive and navigate life. My sister wasn't capable of giving them more energy. But every weekend when I come pick them up, I come back, she ain't in that goddamn bed because that nigga didn't been over there. That bothered me. You giving this energy to this nigga and you got babies. That bothered me. Right, but we, it's last. easy to say as you should, but it's very different when you look at it and you say, "But this external shit is what always created her value," mm. and that nigga showing up made her feel good because mm. he was external and he can provide an external value, which was the only value you'd ever tapped into. Okay, then let's hold up. Then is that not self love? Then I don't. I don't think it's self love. No. I think that if you found out what your value is, now we can debate what value should be, but if you've decided what your values are and that's what makes you feel good enough to get out of bed today. Here's my pushback. I'm saying that's right. Is it not self-love? Here's my pushback though, right? It's not self then if it can only be be derived through an external factor. Okay. All right. I like that. It's not self-love. I like that. I like that. Oh, you wouldn't have needed the nigga to show up. It's good. Right? It's a steal of your motherfucking self. It's what it Cat is. Williams, you know what I mean? It's what it is, bro. She wouldn't have wrote that obituary like that. Mm. Right? This, this is this is yeah. this is factual shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I internalized the some shit just seeing this. When I bring my niece and nephew back, I can see your ass ain't been in bed all day. Wait a minute, man. How the fuck come when I come pick them up? I can see you been in bed all day. 
the way my mind works, if you're going to make any commitment to anything outside of you, it should be them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they didn't provide her with the same yeah. feeling the homie did. And that's not minimizing my niece and nephew. Nah. It's just the perception. It's fulfillment. It's right. the perception that she had of herself. So when she wrote that eulogy, nigga, that hurt me. But that was really her raw truth. You at the end, what the fuck I got to lie for? Right. Right? Most people live behind the mask. Mm-hmm. Right? So I got, you got, everybody know these people. And to the world, they look like they on top of shit. They look like they on point, right. right? They go to work, they got the nice clothes, they got the right car, they got the right address. They come home and all they do is chase pussy and watch TV. Mm-hmm. Because those are easy external factors that make me feel good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A motherfucker's just purpose-driven because a motherfucker with self-love is going to be purpose-driven. Yeah. You can't avoid it. Yeah. They ain't gonna spend their whole time watching TV and chasing dig or pussy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It ain't gonna happen like that. Mm-hmm. It just ain't. No, I like it, man. I, it's, it's it's hard, bro. It's a really, really hard thing to kind of get into and to try to figure out like what's right, what's wrong in in this particular aspect of of, of self love. Because on the one hand, like if you do become beholden to such external factors, and then you go about the business of seeking those factors out. I guess it's not self-love, but is it not in your best interest? I think it's not. And I think that's the fallacy of America. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's hypnotizing about America. Right? Mm -hmm. It's so much motherfucking noise here that you never realize how shallow and empty you really are. Mm. Right? I think that's what's mystifying about America. That's why in the world of crazy motherfuckers, the same motherfucker look crazy. Boog look crazy making that kind of investment. Nigga, you think you finna be a world-renowned producer? You think you finna get a Grammy, nigga? Right? You think you finna be in a movie, nigga? Right. Right? I said that with Minister Farrakhan. Yeah, right, nigga. Sure you did. You understand what I'm saying? Those all ideas are so far-fetched because the average person can't even believe that that's possible. Right? And then we spend our whole time looking at these people as deities. Because they made the commitment to themselves. For Farrakhan to be Farrakhan, he had to make a hell of a commitment to himself. Malcolm X knew every word in the motherfucking dictionary and the definition. Mm-hmm. That's a different commitment. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You, simple shit, right? We don't put this much emphasis on it. But you saying, I did assemblies and I... Nigga, you know how much fucking courage it takes for a little nigga to get up on stage and talk in front of people? Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like the number one fear of people. Yeah, public speaking. Public speaking. Yeah. Right? But again, that's why I think when you talk about it's the natural part, right? The natural gift part of it. Natural gift part of it. I don't take no credit for that part of it. I've honed the skills over the years. But the natural gift of just being able to do it, I don't take any fucking credit for that. I was born able and willing to do that. And I just got better at it over the time because I could. Not just because you could, though. That's the part I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You're minimizing it. Mm -hmm. Not just because you could. Mm -hmm. It's because you accepted the challenge of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? For sure. I laugh and joke about you being an A mic, me being a B Mm -hmm. mic. 
Motherfucker, I know I'm smart. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? But there's a different skill set attached to the A mic, right? I talk about Remy Brown all the time. Because mm-hmm. if we had the crib to Remy. and we having this conversation on the couch, nigga, I could talk all day long. But for a very long time, nigga, I wasn't saying this shit in public. Right. None of it. Right. Right? Right. Me and Remy was talking one day and she was like, yo, punk ass, right. need to come talk at this. And I'm like, man, I ain't finna do that shit. Right. And Remy dogged me out for right. however long. Right. And I went and did the shit because I was like, man, you know your ego. fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And look at me that. Right. Right? But that's one, accepting a barrier mm. and saying, God damn it, I don't like barriers. Mm. I don't want governors on my life. Mm-hmm. I don't accept limitations on my life. I can do this. I can do whatever the fuck I think I can do. Whatever I say I can do. Now, is that arrogance? I think it's supreme confidence. Or is that confidence? I think it's supreme confidence. Right. I think it's confidence that it's absolute fine. And my willingness to at least push through whatever the initial fears are. Period. Period. Right. I, I told my cousin one day, and he's, this is a, a supreme street nigga. Yeah. Right. We be talking shit all the time. He think I'm sweet. Right. 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 And the nigga said something to me one day. I said, man, let me tell you something. <laughs> However this play out. You ain't gonna never want to do it again. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Just be clear about that. You understand me? Understand that. You ain't gonna never want to do this again. Right. And that's how I approach life. You know what I mean? And that's all you can do. I think, again, I think that's where the confidence comes in at, right? Listen, I don't know how this is gonna play out, right? However, this play out, you ain't gonna want to do this no more. And that ain't even for me to say, like, nigga, I'll be there by this room as I'm. I'm just telling you, it ain't going to go how you think. It ain't going that way. It ain't going to go how you think. So however it do go, you got to deal with me. And I know that I'm a motherfucker to be dealt with. That's just confidence. That's just confidence. It ain't got shit to do with shit. It ain't, I'll be everybody in this room. I remember I threw my homie through my wall in college. But it's also the investment. I swear to God, dude. It's the investment, though, G. It's the investment. Mm -hmm. Right? Like you said about homie in the ring. Right? I'm willing to die here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, how you know that if you ain't tested the limits? Now, how we see limits, though, is different. My point of you saying going in front of the fucking audience at the goddamn assemblies, some people legitimately would die. Literally. Oh, yeah. I've talked so many people onto the stage before. Absolutely. I mean, they backstage, they time to go, and they are trembling or throwing up. Man, I remember book. Boog and Fonz got in trouble, had to go live with their daddy in Texas. It just happened. That's what y'all do, huh? This is how it works. Y'all right? just fuck up in the we city. Fuck and up move. And we got to move away, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was happens, right? But they had to leave the equipment. Uh-huh. All the DJ equipment. So at two different times of my life, I had a whole setup of DJ equipment. <laughs> Nigga, that shit was furniture. Right. I wasn't interested in that shit. All that shit. Man, all that shit was furniture. This ain't what I do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That shit was, that shit was furniture, fam. I got a call today to be to be a guest on somebody's sports podcast later on tonight, right? And I was like, I would love to, but I can't because I loaned my mic out and the sound quality won't be what it needs to be. Uh, plus, I ain't going to be available to after that. Like, oh, we can move back to after that. I was like, okay, cool. I loaned my mic out, so I still can't do it. Um, he calls me back. He was like, yo, with the bigs, how y'all be doing, you know, how y'all do all your video stuff? Like, what you recorded on with the mic and shit? I'm like, it's a fucking microphone. It's a microphone. It's got a recorder like built into it, and they take it, they chop it up, they put the video. I don't, I don't fucking know. And he's like, like, can we? Okay, well, can we just use that? I'm like, I don't touch none of that shit. 
I stand in front of the motherfucking camera for 90 seconds, two minutes. I do my post-game, my pre-game, my interview, whoever the fuck I'm interview, and I'm done with the shit. I don't know shit about that microphone, shit about that fucking camera. I can't push it together. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, don't, I don't have it, bro. I don't take none of that shit. The minute they be like, the minute I'm like, my name is Herb Howard, I hand the mic over. I'm done with this shit. As soon as these fucking cameras go off, I hand these fucking microphones to Jake. I don't know none of this shit, fam. You know what I'm saying? I do what I do. Everybody got a fucking role, man. Do your shit. Nah, that's real, but it just, and you know, I think we've been on this for a minute, but I think in general, man, I think. Yeah, but I like this shit. Yeah, I do too. We, I, I like when we do this and we have like this whole yeah, we have outline this whole... and topics, but then we just. Right, and it, it just, just goes. Y'all just go on the tangent. <laughs> but but it's think, a good tangent. I think self love is a rarity, bro. I think love is a rarity because self love is even rarer. That's good. Right? Love is a rarity because self love is even rarer. It's even it's rarer. Even rarer. rarer. I was rarer. I, I like I like the way that sounds, but I would have to flip it. I'll have to say no because I think to give love, you've got to have self-love. And so I think that love is rare, like very, very rare, and it's rare because self-love is also so rare. But I think some people have self-love and still don't give the shit out. But I don't think nobody can give it out without having self-love. You know what I mean? I think people lack it, bro. I oh, I think I, I think the vast majority of people I don't lack think it. Most people have it. Love bro. ain't out here, G. I think love. most people operate in fear. I, love. I was just about to say, not having self-love will cause you to push love away. Yeah. You, if you don't, I mean, it's the same thing. If you don't love yourself, not only do you not know how to love somebody else, but you definitely definitely know won't recognize and know how to receive love. I'd say the base level of American experience is fear. Two, I, I've been saying for a long time, I think fear is the greatest motivator known to humans. I, I think love is. I know you think love is. I think love is. I think it's fear. Right, I think I think fear motivates people in a way that not even love can. Right, like nigga, you finna get put out tomorrow. Well, I'm finna move bricks today because I'm scared of getting put out. Or fear somebody can might, fear can, but it's not the greatest. Fear can be a I mean, great somebody, motivator. Some, some people may flip it and say, "Well, we getting put out. I can't have my people get out." So, so I'm now I'm do. I, I just think that when you talk about fear and how that fucking motivates people. And how resilient and resourceful you can be in moments of pure fear. How fast you would never be as fast as you are as when a fucking pit bull is chasing you. You can run every fucking race you run and run in your life. Put a motherfucking pit bull on your heels and watch how fast you are. So let me say, I, let me say that might be true, and I agree. Mm -hmm. But now we're gonna dig a little deeper because mm -hmm. all that shit harkens back to the white value system. You say fear is the greatest motivator only in matters of achieving a metric. Because true love is just about being. Exactly. Right? So I'm going to get put out tomorrow. I agree. I'm going to be good. And it sits right there. Yep. Now that I got to go move bricks. I'm going to be good. Hard stop. Hard stop. That's what I mean. That's... Two different worlds of existing. Mm -hmm. One motherfucker's moved by fear. One motherfucker is assured that life is going to be okay. Yeah, I agree 100%. I would only take it back to what we were saying earlier to say that's the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> but check game though. The motherfucker that's going to move bricks is trying to achieve the same thing that the motherfucker walks out with the same level of lack. He's trying to achieve life is going to be okay. I agree with you. And that's the same point I was making earlier. 
Don't be fooled by me saying that I think fear is the greatest motivator as me saying that that's the right side. I think it's the wrong side. I think that's the side that most people choose, right? They choose, they, because like I said earlier, this other road that we take is not as safe, right? So if, you, if you're looking for the safe thing out of fear, you're going to go this way, right? I'm saying we're going the other fucking way. So don't confuse what I'm saying, but I'm saying it's the greatest motivator because I still think 85, 90% of people are doing what they're doing because they are scared to try this other fucking thing. Check game, no. I'm going to challenge it all again. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the Twilight Zone version of how we've been aligned into said system, mm-hmm. right? Fear is trying, motivated by the metric. Sure. Right? Love is allowing the shit to be. Sure. Right? Yeah. Now, now, call somebody right now. now check game. Check game, right? <laughs> the motherfucker that's out here that's going to be moved by the fear. Sure. He's going to the bricks or whatever's easiest. Which is essentially going to cause you more harm oh, anyway. Yeah. Right? Now, I don't know if the road over here saying, uh, I'm going to be okay, is easier. I don't, I don't know if it's harder either. I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I'm not in the mind frame of the fear mindset. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, me just saying I'm going to be okay is just a level of assuredness. Right? Ain't too many consequences outside of I'm going to figure it out. It's all kind of consequences I just getting these bricks. Oh, no doubt. All kind of consequences that happen outside of you. When you're in that fear mode. In fear mode. Not thinking. Right? I think America lives in fear mode. They live it over here, right? I agree. So in that, in that desire to reach what this motherfucker over here has just in a the mindset, they're creating quicksand over here. 100%. Of a revolving circular door of more and more and more fear-based decision-making. 100%. And if love was the greater motivator, I don't think that would be the, the standard in America. I don't think motherfuckers would be moving out of so much fear. I think they would be having self-love and that would dictate how they move. It wouldn't be based on fear. I think we raise our kids based on fear. Like, I, Do we love our kids? 100%. Right? And because I love you, I want the best for you. And what the best thing is for you is for me to find the safest thing for you to do. It ain't, it ain't best like, oh, I really want you to be happy. I really want you to do the thing that you love to do. I want, I want you to be secure. Not disagreeing, right? But all of that fear-based decision-making or all of that fear-based rearing is based in the system. Yeah, 100%. Right? So the system is breeding a fear-based human being. Mm-hmm. Period. So if that's the, the, if that's the normal... That's the standard. Until you let go of the standard, how could you expect to be loved? How do you expect to find self-love? I don't I don't think you can. The only way you can is what we've always said, though, is creating a different value system. Yes. And in order to create a different value system, you, you gotta go. let go of the current value system. You, you're gonna have to figure out which that. is how I get back to luxury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think it's a luxury. Right? Because I'm not saying that I'm going to stop working the 9 to 5. But I have the luxury of stop working 9 to 5 because I'm still going to be okay. I'm saying I don't know if I'm going to be okay. But I'm going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? I don't know exactly what this looks like on the other side of this door. I just know that I'm going to be okay. Then I'll do it. It's a choice, not a luxury. It's not like, oh, I'm doing it because I got half a million saved up over here. So I'm going to be good for a couple years regardless while I figure this thing out. Nah, I ain't saying that. I'm saying... I'm not doing this. 
I'm going to do this. And so if it means my steaks go to noodles, my bins go to buses, then that's just what it is. And I'm going to be fine because I am content and fulfilled with what I'm doing. This is my purpose. It's a choice and ain't a luxury. I'm giving up the luxuries. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think that we just, I think we we we, we raise ourselves what, what, to be if, that way. What if I don't even know my purpose, though? Oh, well, then you fucking up. You better go you stick, stick the gig until you figure it out. See, man. That's, that's why I disagree again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I get back to luxury. Because uh-huh. in the allowing to be, I'm just comfortable in being and the universe will provide for me. One way or the other. It's just being. Okay. I don't got to meet no metric. It's just being. I'm right? cool with that. It's what it is, right? We, I, we've, I've said this before. The motherfucking sleeping on the streets in Hollywood got the same... Access to life that the motherfucker in the Hollywood Hills has. Same freedom. Same freedoms. Mm-hmm. He wake up and do what he want to do every day. Mm-hmm. No more, no less. No more, no less. Same thing on the other end of the spectrum that everybody's vying for. All right. You want that, you say financial freedoms. But poverty at that level creates some freedoms too, don't it? Yeah. As a matter of fact, it creates the same exact freedom. Time is yours. Your time is yours. Time is yours. <laughs> how, how you, what you want to do today? What you want to do today? You want to sit on this bridge? You want to sit on this bridge? Bring drink beer all day? You want to go walk down there? And, like, what you want to do? Out <laughs> of perspective. You want to hitchhike across the country? Out of perspective. What you? What, we can hop a trade, jump a freight, ride that motherfucker to wherever. What's the dude name? Jonathan Majors? Is that his name? Jonathan Majors. He is a dude who has ascended to some of the heights of 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 Hollywood. A black man. Uh, you've seen him. And what's some of the movies he? Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Country. He's the. I don't know who Loki is, Omari, but Lovecraft Country was a dope ass series on one of the HBOs, the Showtimes, or one of them. It was a very dope ass series. Is that the one where Omar was in the, on some other shit? Michael K. Williams so. was in there. It might have been. I think I, I, think oh. I heard about like Michael K. Williams being yeah, there was, from like yes, taking yes. advantage of his son. Dad. Yeah, he was yeah, his dad, yeah, and then yeah, he was. Him. I think he was gay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something like that yeah, in the yeah, movie. Yeah. And then he's on um, Loki as like the timekeeper, so he'll be in the Marvel universe okay. as the Father Time or something like that. I know I he's featured in that new movie that's coming out, the Aviator movie. Devotion. The Devotion. Aviator. He's, yeah, in, he's also in Creed. Creed okay. three. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. The other Marvel movie, Ant Man. Yeah, so he, he's in the Marvel he, universe. But he, so why are we talking about him? Because he's receiving so much like acclaim as being, you know, one of the rising black faces and symbols of black success, and he's representing his blackness and all. Looks of this very way. black. He's got the face. He's got the lips. Like, he's got the. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes, allegedly. But uh huh. So the the reason why he was brought up was because we're talking about self love. We talking to this, about Jake, I told you this yesterday. Sabotage. We're talking about um, you know, all these different things and what self love is or sabotage is. And I've been seeing a lot of people big him up, right? Because it's a black man. He doing his thing. He everywhere. He on all the previews. But then, skirt. We find out, skirt, skirt. He liked the bunnies. He has a you know his baby mother's. His his um, kid's mom is white, mm-hmm. and then his current girlfriend is white. He dates white women. So when we talking it, about it's like the same conversation people had about ghosts, it's the same conversation we had about ghosts. It's the same conversation we had about um, what's to do Lawrence off um, 
Insecure. It's the same conversation we oh, had so about Insecure got a white woman Birth too? of a Nation. Yeah. Nate Robinson. Nate Parker. What's his name? Nate Parker. Nate Parker. They all got white women. They all got white women. What's that say about white women? Listen. I'm asking the question. I don't know. You Ooh. tell me. I don't know. I never dealt with the white women. I would say that the, it, it, it at least warrants the question. Don't kill the messenger. I'm going to kill you. Warrants the question. White women, do they love black men better than black women? What's my man name again? Jonathan Majors. I think it's interesting, right? So when you bought the, when you bought the conversation about, <laughs> you was like, people are bigging them up. And they're bigging him up. Why? Because he's having a modicum of success. And he has a big nose and big lips, yeah. which are traditional African features. Yeah. Right? So we're going to big you up. Because what is essentially our standard in the first place is so rare in the marketplace that we're going to celebrate you for having what is our standard in the marketplace. They're purely black. Right? I think that's very interesting. I think that's very telling about what our expectations are. What do you mean? What our expectations I mean are? that we're giving you credit for looking like we look and achieving a modicum of visible success as if that's an impossibility. It shouldn't be normal. Yeah, but we always are so excited for black men who are being, who are really successful. What's really successful mean? In their eyes. And whose eyes? Ours. Right. And what's, what's, what's his true <laughs> success? Eyes. What's his true success? I mean... In your eyes. Okay, let me say Let me say this. Um, I'm trying to... And I was going to make a point earlier, too. Success can mean different things to other people. But I guess if we're talking about on a large scale what people deem successful, when we talk about you having the right car, the right house, the right job, the good on paper... Looking, that's what me and my friends call it. The you look good on paper, and then we go to find out that just because you look good on paper, you that's not really necessarily what success means to the individual. But to the greater group, success would be the right job, the right car, the right um, house, the right title, even not even just the right job, but the right title. Mm-hmm. So we're happy that he's I'm successful. He black. I'm gonna challenge you, Efo. And he black. All of that in this system is still in proximity to white ideas. I agree. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. if he's achieved at that level, why would you think he wouldn't want a white woman? <laughs> mm. Mm. I mean, you know, I ain't gonna argue with you. Obviously, accept the, the task. You right. That's a good point. Listen, I. I mean, that's a good point too. If he's doing, if if we love him because he's achieved the white level of success. So really, are y'all point. mad at him or are you mad at yourselves for not being white women? Oh, hell no. But You get what I'm saying? I feel you. You get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I think that I think it's that- like people are mad that they're, that you're not... Oh, I don't want to say this either. Like, <laughs> you mad you're not in a struggle with me. You're mad you're not in a struggle with me because... You can't have it both ways is what I would say. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. You can't create a society or subscribe to a standard in society that says it's about your ability to earn and amass things fully understanding that that system of capitalism is about it's based in 
white supremacy. Therefore, your access in and out of it, very, very limited. When someone does get into it and goes about that route, your ass ain't there. You know what I mean? So if he been on this path, every 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 next step, there were fewer of y'all there. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know too many people who married the girl from their eighth grade class picture. That's cute. Every Why he ain't stick with old girl from Who the fuck you know? I can name a couple people that I know in life. Married their fucking grammar school girlfriend or a high school sweetheart. Just a few. Just a very fucking few. Most people meet the person they're going to meet at some point later on in life, late in college, during their career, whatever. And if that's if that's the trajectory and your ass ain't there, who the fuck am I going to be with? So, now, so to my, be clear, I don't think that white women love black men better. I think that's no, I don't, I don't either. But can we still root? Can we still be so happy for this black man, even though he's putting his why are you happy energy? for him? That's the question. Sure you okay. can. If, if you're happy for him because he's achieving, yeah, you, you can be happy for him, but understand what comes with that. Yeah, you're happy for him for dominating white land, he killed it in white land. Okay, but that's then. also what we desire. Who do you which think is over the dollar is going to white land. But that's also what that? we desire. So we define success via that same lens. Right. Right. So now you're mad because here's this this singular motherfucker who didn't seep through the cracks and he ain't take me with him to white land. But the the so the motherfucker that blow up, right? Rapper, singer, whatever. They from the crib, but they blow up and they go somewhere else. Now they with some woman from wherever. Yeah. Right. And you're like, why the fuck? Yeah. Well, if he was still a rapper in at the crib, you wouldn't even fuck with him like that. Nope. Yeah, I was gonna say that about um Jonathan Majors. Like yeah. I wonder if anybody would even give him the time of day so if the he big, was a rapper. That's why I said the big nose and the big lips. Joe would he be valued as a bus driver? Or would he be the ugly big nose, big lip nigga this bus driver? He'd have to be fly or something like that. Or a local <laughs> or a local actor. Right. Who's around all the plays and theaters here and there? And yeah. Do some, you know, smaller. Nigga, that's all films. you do is theaters, right? <laughs> just around here doing a little. <laughs> nigga, you a you a you a park actor? I seen you. In, I seen you in your little video. Now his <laughs> video's little. You know what I mean? Good on paper versus like good on person. What you? you know? Yeah, what you aspire to? That shit matters. And when you try to have it both ways, some some some. Natural conflicts of interest arise. Some, yeah, you know what I mean? Some oxymorons come into play there. So, you know, I, I think it's unfortunate. I, I see it a lot. I be in those fucking tunnels after those fucking football games. I see all these beige babies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's. It's. You got to it, just not give a fuck at some point. It's more common than not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it looks weird because you would see, like, the family be there, right? Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, okay, like there goes him. mama and there goes daddy and his uncles and aunties and uncles and his brothers and his sisters and. Then it's the white girl just in the middle of them with his jersey on. I also think it's a much deeper conversation <laughs> than the one we have. She just stand out. Like. <laughs> I think it's a much deeper conversation than the one we have. And when I ask the question, do you think that white women love black men better? I can't say yay or nay. And I think it's such a nuanced conversation. Right? I make the argument oftentimes that, that black people don't really even exist. We just dark skin white people. I think the actual core, and this gets back to the culture and understanding of identity and all those things, right? One, certain, only certain environments can breed that. We have the luxury of being born and bred in Chicago, 
right? But all you got to do is ride 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes south, north, west, east, and you'll find a whole different nigga, right? When you land in Los Angeles, California, the nigga there ain't the Chicago nigga. Oh, it just ain't, right? So the, the level of segregation that Chicago is suited in creates a certain kind of energy. Right, we are accustomed to rocking with one another because that's kind of what we see. Closest thing to having an identity. It's it's, it's what, what we in proximity to, though. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. the South Side is bigger than most American cities. Mm-hmm. Right, so and black women are beautiful, true, but we don't even have white women in our communities. We we'll have nothing but black women in our communities. Right. You know what I mean? So we're 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 cultured a certain kind of way. But if I grew up in even that. L.A. Wyoming or even New York. Cause one block in New York is a, is a different kind of so, thing. Yeah. One block in LA is a different kind of thing. Yeah. And culturally, what's gonna dominate there is the overarching American culture. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Us, I even though I argue that we don't necessarily have a black culture when we own geogra- ge- geographically, it's only us, it's a different energy. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a good point. It's a different energy, and it creates different kind of people. Most of these motherfuckers, even like the professional athletes, I was thinking about when you said that, as they go to school and start to extend up that ladder, they're the only people that's there as white women, right? Even in college, they put the athletes in the dorm with the white women's. It's how it work. It ain't no other women's. It's the white, right? It's only twelve percent of us only go to college in the first place. How many black people you think go to Alabama that don't play football? UCLA got one percent black people. All the motherfuckers is on eighteen. A few. Right, it just is what it is, right? But I also want us to think again, where I said culturally, if you got in the room with these motherfuckers and talk to them, you'd be like, uh, I'm gonna fuck what he look like. Even if he had he was a handsome dude, got all the bread, once you got to know his personality, specifically yeah, you got being that from here, energy like specifically that. you being from here, culturally, the vast majority of people it. ain't like this. He a goofy, he a self. Yeah, and I dated this guy before, and once I found out he, I mean, he was already giving cornball energy, but I liked that he was like a nerd. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like when guys are really yeah, passionate about whatever it is that they do or, you know, their passions. Mm-hmm. And then it was several things, but once I found out he dated white women, it was like a turnoff, mm-hmm. you know? But, but E4O, real quick. Yeah. White women probably too do love them better. Well, I think we talked more in about line this. with the culture of understanding. Yeah, and I think that probably um, we talked about this a little bit on the um, before we got on camera. I think they have it easier than black women, you know, um, and they don't understand the struggle of a black man, so they don't have that pressure of trying that pressure of trying to alleviate whatever those stresses are that the black man is going through. They could just kind of live in their own bubble and then la la land and everything gets easy breezy. And so therefore they can put all their energy and their, you know, love into that man. And before the camera came on, Jake mentioned something that I thought was important. Yeah. So they fetishize black men. It's just, it's a little. And vice versa though too. Let's keep it a bean. Yeah, but we know. Right. Let's keep it a bean. Give me that back game. Like all that kind of shit. Like, like, yeah. So yeah. Like, that's some, that's some of that curiosity coochie shit we were talking about a couple weeks ago. So mm-hmm. I got the Whitney Young. I, was, I don't mind if I do. Like, you know what I mean? Let me let me try one of those. You know what I mean? Like, I, why not? Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of this fetish thing that kind of goes back and forth. And so I don't know that it's this 
genuine love for you to just be. I, I mean, some of I'm, I'm with paint with a broad brush, right? So I know some healthy interracial interracial relationships that are purely based in love, but yeah, me too. I, I know. But some. are we canceling people <laughs> out because? No, I do. I do. I do too. No, one of my one of my <laughs> friends, one of my friends, an older lady. She um, she's and maybe because I don't have that many like white friends, right? And my son, I mean one. I have one. <laughs> I do. It's like one, right? And she um was dating this guy. So when I went to her party, I was prepared to dislike this man because this used to bother me a lot, a lot, a lot. And mm-hmm. I had to like pray about it and be like okay with it because it's like whatever. Okay, boom. But um, I was just so prepared to like not like this man or whatever. Like I was gonna be mugging him at the party and right. stuff like that. Right. I wasn't gonna talk to him, but he was cool as shit. Right. He was cool as shit. So, like, when you talk about um, he'll be in a room and it's not somebody that you would, like, deal with, he was so damn cool, and I was, but I was more mad <laughs> because I'm like, damn, you could have talked to my friend over here, like, da 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 or whatever like that. But also, the, the woman, the friend of mine, she's cool, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just like, well, see, I was just saying, are we canceling people? It's like we're canceling people because they're dating but if that's the case though I think that's just furthering the lie that we tell to ourselves and that's the argument I'm making right what's interesting to me on this American soil the the most alike people on this American soil are black people and white people yeah black Americans and white Americans yeah Mm -hmm. culturally we align ourselves with the same philosophies whether we acknowledge it or not right we don't even have any real it's our land we don't really have any value, though. Neither of us. Yeah. Right? But it's based on different pr- perspectives. Mm-hmm. Right? Every other culture has a, 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 a legacy. Every other ethnic group has a culture attached to them. Right? So, i.e., they leverage their lineage to operate within the confines of said culture. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm having this conversation the other day. You've never seen the motherfuckers that do nails in your community eat in your community. They do nails there all day. You ain't never seen them eat in no restaurant. You ain't seen them outside of their business. You never seen them outside that business. They don't shop in the Walgreens. It's directly next door. No. You ain't seen them eat the chicken. It's directly next door. No. You've never seen them do shit. They're not moving outside of the bubble of their culture. Right? They're focused on it. White folks don't have to do that because everything is theirs. They own everything. So they don't have to be committed to Spending with focusing on they don't it's gonna always circulate for them. All this shit is mad, right? Black folks legitimately don't have the luxury of moving like that, but we absolutely move like that. Yeah, right. So our culture, just like white folks' culture, is a culture of consumption. I.e., why success is based in material goods. Yeah. I.e., why we want to be next to this motherfucker. Yep. It gives me the ability to consume more. Yep. That's it. Yep. Hey. I'm talking about a couple things before we get ready to get up out of here, man. Um, Great conversation. Bandman Kevo. Don't know if you know this guy, Tucson. I'm at the oh, I thought you was August Alcina. I got him confused. They both are gay. We're going to get to August Alcina. Um, you mind passing my phone off that speaker right there? Never mind. You're going to knock over the whole situation. <laughs> Um, you saying that because I did it yesterday? Yes. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm a fan of August Alcina's music. I really don't know who Bang Man Kevo is. That's what I'm, that's that's why I want my phone. I want to be able to pull up. Bang Man Kevo had one song that I knew 
and I want to be able to pull it up. It was some years ago, and I probably shouldn't have liked it then. I probably definitely won't like it now. August is a tortured soul, but he makes good music. I'm not gonna lie, he got some dope records. Yeah, I used to like August Alcina. I haven't heard his music in a long time, so. I thought you was gonna say you couldn't like him now because he has a different kind of partner. I was no, gonna say, what kind of person are you, Efo? I'm supposed to be the homophobe. I'm not a homophobe. <laughs> I ain't either, but it's the joke. August Alcina is not my type. My type would be more of the man, man, Kevo. No, I, I, like, I like rugged. I like rugged. Okay, I, I don't. The song don't rugged. jump out at me. Or what song? We can pop. Really. We can pop something in. Yeah, um, what song? I like. It don't matter. Either, either way, um, he. Recently admitted, well, I don't know if he had to admit, I think everybody kind of knew that he had got his body done, right? <laughs> and I mean, like, got his body done to her, like, he's like, like, uh, like just muscles and weird shit, and like, it just don't even look natural. It look like a fucking, like an action figure type shit, right? It's like, bruh. So he did that, and he recently was being interviewed, and he went into why he chose to do it. And his explanation was, he did it because um, he was tired of getting cheated on. <laughs> he had been cheated on too many times by women in his life, and he got cheated on. They were cheating on him with with guys with better bodies than his. And so the the interview was like, so did they had the money. Like you, bad man, come on, you got the bag. He's like, yeah, I got the bag, but they were still cheating on me. He's like, was they cheating? The other guys they were cheating with. Did they have the bag. He's like, no, nah, they ain't have my bag. Their bodies was better than mine though. So I went to get cut on and implanted. And He's shit. not very cute either. I think everybody is nice looking, but I'm looking at him right now and yeah, it might not have had to do nothing with his body. I think it's so <laughs> interesting though, right? That we've come so far from the design, mm-hmm. right? And Literally I, I, and figuratively. I, I, I'm, again, I'm making a joke. The Nip song, I ain't gonna lie to you. I know I'm fly to you. Mm-hmm. Right? I fully believe that the man... Is here to serve the woman. Mm-hmm. I believe that, mm-hmm. right? And I think you can easily see that when a woman is operating her proper polarity, how a man acquiesces to whatever those needs or desires are. Sure, right? No doubt. But I think in the nuance of the design, when a man is fully in his polarity too, he has the same appeal to a woman. No doubt. You know what I mean? So I don't give a fuck what you getting cut on and. How you look, none of that. It's a spiritual, it's an energy thing. Yeah. Right? So I don't got to lie to you. At all the phases of two's life, I've been fly to you. It just is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it don't, it really don't got nothing to do with looks. I.e., I've known, I know a bunch of pretty niggas. Mm-hmm. Right? I've known and I know a bunch of niggas who get bags. Mm-hmm. I I just came in here talking about y'all telling y'all I know the guy who broke up Escape. <laughs> he a nigga from Inglewood. Yeah. Poor as shit. Yeah. Right? But I was also telling y'all that I bagged one of Lil Wayne's chicks. Mm-hmm. Right? I ain't had no fucking Lil Wayne money. No. Don't you understand me? But I carry myself with a certain air of energy. It's going to work and out. by the end of the night... Like, like, like a lollipop. I'm going to make my choice. It, it was going down. You understand me? How to love. <laughs> no, I feel you, man. Listen, I grew up, I grew up, I grew up in the nineties when, when light skinned niggas with long hair was in. 
I was a dark-skinned nigga with short hair and was chubby. Didn't matter. You know what I'm saying? I was still going to fucking win early in life. You know what I'm saying? First grade type shit. Knew I was going to fucking win. High school. I drove a minivan. Drove a minivan. Yeah, shit, nigga. I was still the bikes through high school and college. It was cracking. <laughs> it was cracking. I started to use it to my advantage. It served as a pseudo motel sometimes. I'm sure the fuck it did. <laughs> But can y'all hear me? Oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah, I've always said, um, regardless, I don't care how good a girl look, how much money she got, how many businesses, I always feel like I'm better than the next. Yeah, always. I don't care what's going on, where you live. What's, it's just like, because what makes me me, you could never have. I'm shining from the inside out, baby. What makes Say, me me, you could never have. Hey. Like, period. I don't, even, I don't even make the, it don't even be a comparison. It's just like. Exactly right. Uh, I, I could, I could get her confidence. Like I could, I could, I could get her, bro. Like you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know, man. It's a different, it's a different thing. But for Buddy to go get his body done because he got tired of women cheating on him, he just wanted to get his body done. Shut up! I ain't no, come on now. He right. just wanted to get his body did. Maybe he did want to get his body. Did. I don't know, but I do think that all of that is a reflection to external. Self-esteem values. Oh yeah, right. So when women go get their body done, it's based on the same shit. I think in their minds, mm -hmm. but it's a dysphoria. It's a what they call that shit? Dys body dysmorphia. Dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. Right. So at the end of the day, my glance again, right, and this is a woman operating in her proper polarity. I always harken back to Erica Badu because that's just a public figure. Yeah. Right. But there's there's just women in my in my life that I've come across that you just recognize that same energy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and all of them ain't been cute. No. Right? At least in the traditional yeah. construct of what you think cute is. You know what I mean? Or what your personal vision of cute is. Yeah. But you be like, man, this motherfucking energy is the shit. The finest woman, I, the finest women I've been with ain't the women I've been most like enthralled with. And I ain't even talking about just the three I've been in love with. Yeah. I mean, just the three, that, just the other women that I found like students run the world. Just the just the ones I was like, yo, it's, it's just something about her. Like I'm just not the finest ones. You know what I'm saying? See students, man. That's probably they probably don't make up my top five or ten that I've just had sex. Some with. of the most beautiful ones I knocked down. That's all you would ever did was to knock down. Can't do nothing else with you, sweetheart. That's it. That's messed up though. I mean, it's not messed up. I'm just thinking. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about now how y'all was talking about the self love, the self love stuff in the beginning, yeah. and um, you know, finding value in the external factors and attention that you get in, and all that. But, no, that, that all, all that matters. Yeah, man. And, and, and to the beautiful woman point, right? That's probably not even her fault. Mm. You come to the world, you don't even get time to separate. Right? Nope. My daughter, thirteen, bro. My daughter's 13, right? And grown motherfucking man is shooting it up. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't, I hate that. Yeah. Right? And I have to constantly remind her, baby, that's not your value. Yeah. You're bigger than this. You're bigger than what you look like. But when, when kids are damn cute, everybody reinforces that first before anything yeah. else. She cute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at him. Oh, look. Like, that's first and only. 
to the so point every, of they to, get to away with shit. Girls. And we say stupid shit and we think it's cute and it's cool. Oh, how, how can I say no to that cute face? Or how can I get mad at that cute face? Because that cute face did some dumb shit. That's why you get mad at it. Like, otherwise, they're going to grow into a, a cute kid and a cute preteen and a cute teenager and a cute adult that think because I'm cute, ain't no consequence to my dumb shit. Ooh. That's the fuck it is. But I also think it's different between women and men. Women have a vagina. And man's life goal is to get back to vagina. Mm -hmm. Right? So your vagina is like a goddamn passport for every man in the world to try to shoot. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So unlike a man where the socialization is and every woman is approaching you in this way. Right? True. So now... If you're looking for external validation, as a woman, you can easily find it and find a value asset there. Because every day, this is going to happen to you. Right? It's not going to happen to no man like that. I'm not saying you won't seek the same kind of validation. I'm not saying it at all. But it's not going to be as easy to validate that shit. Your bus ticket ain't getting, your passport ain't getting stamped like that every day, bro. And I want to use Batman Kevo to 100% validate what you're just saying as a pure example of that shit. But then I juxtapose that to how common this is amongst women. You know what I mean? In terms of getting the bodies done, it's like, Shorty, when you got here, you had the word at your fingers. Like, why you need, you know what I'm saying? Why somebody else got to tell you, you know what I'm saying? And, but I guess they that there has to be some value in it. Yeah, um, y'all mentioned August Alcina. Gay. August Alcina, he of the famed entrapment, I mean, um, what was it? Entanglement. <laughs> entrapment. He of the famed entanglement featuring Will Smith starring How Jada Pinkett. August when that started happening? Uh, I, think they was, I think she was fucking him when he was like 19, 18, what? 19. That's when she was fucking I think the man has to get back to 19. So he was raped and abused. And in that rape and abuse, we don't never give Jada Pinkett Smith her credit. She's now created a... Well, let me not go there. <laughs> Are you sure he was that young? I know that he was he was Jaden's friend. So he was around because he was Jaden's friend as a kid. And she was grooming him. Isn't that what they say about grooming, the... Yeah, if it, was, if it was Flip. If it was Flip, she, he would be grooming her. Yeah, they, he said, had, they he, said Larks are pimping. He uh, had his own hustling. Was grooming, grooming Michael Jordan's son. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not, not. That's not funny. Jada was grooming August. And after he went through so much trauma, August has now that. found his way to Bean. Yeah. That's but, crazy. Is that what he said, though? Like, Yes, he said, I he found a new say. love that I've never found no, before. he didn't say it was his man, <laughs> This Bean thing. I found a new love that I've never ever experienced before, and I just want to introduce my love to y'all. You, you my love coach yeah, is talking. I saw, I saw, I saw like, a video y'all You can insert it, yeah. It was a very forced... Do they really want to hug you? He's not sure of his gayness. <laughs> I thought the lady that I thought the person that he loved was the white lady that was talking to him. I know? did too. I didn't. I didn't see the brother coming. That was a curveball. He hugged uh, you very awkwardly, bro. It was like not on TV. Not on the closet. I, I thought the guy looked like he wanted to do a little more than a hug. I so thought I didn't he looked think like I'm was, uncomfortable, dog. <laughs> I thought he looked like. Oh, I thought. Are oh, you not gonna? Hey, so do you, August? Kiss? Hey, August. You should have been named September. Why? Because my birthday's in August. I won't be associated. 
I think I think that's wild though, man. Love I think I think that when you when you talk about you know different experiences and going through different stuff, I think he would absolutely be on a uh, journey of of finding love and what it is and what it truly means. I think he was taken advantage of in a situation where what shorty ain't what shorty can what shorty ain't gonna get caught up in the entanglement. Jada Pinkett. I almost killed myself trying to meet Jada when I was young. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 up. So. And then now he's still trying to figure that shit out after this whole public entanglement thing. And then... And then nutted up as soon as I met him. Scared to the motherfucker. It was just me and her in the room, too. Nobody else. Yeah, I'm... I'm I was spooked. I'm, I'm never going... I'm turned never going... pure bitch. I'm never going to not be disappointed in you for that. I just want you yeah, to know I turned that. to pure bitch. I... Oh my God! You could have been a little August. You could have been I first been August. August. Been. Damn it! Then you'd have been here introducing your lover. <laughs> <laughs> After this integrity, <laughs> I found my way to Hindu women. Now, goddamn it! Hey, man, let me be cool. <laughs> let me be cool, y'all. Let me just say I landed at O'Hare in Terminal Five, the international terminal. Um, for whatever reason, Delta has moved over there now, and Hindu uh, wow. women. August was twenty three when he met Jada and Will. Bullshit. She groomed him. That's she. She groomed him because he was hanging out with the other little Smith. That's probably when they started just, dating. He said August was only twenty three when he met Jada and Will, and the family helped him through struggles with autoimmune disease. He was introduced to the Smiths through their children, Jada, now twenty three. Oh, and Willow now twenty. Well, you mean okay, AIDS? So he was 23 when he met Jaden Will. And, and battling AIDS? No. no. Autoimmune. Autoimmune. That's not AIDS? <laughs> okay. I, I, I thought that's what the AID was for. Excuse me. Um, hmm. um, okay. I mean, because all, all it is, is it, it breaks down your immune system. Nobody dies from AIDS. You die from like the common cold after you have AIDS because you can't fight shit off. Oh, I don't think it's AIDS. Let me not. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I thought that's what the, I thought that was the acronym. Like, you know what I mean, I thought that's. I, I mean, I could be. I'm not trying to put that on that yeah, man's name. Let's ask me a question. I'm not. HIV. Not, oh no, AIDS is acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Oh yeah, I get it from somebody else, not auto. Okay, you got auto and you got acquired. Okay, okay cool. Okay, auto. You already. My bad. Got it. Okay. Okay, he was born with this. Um. <laughs> hey, August, find love wherever you find love at, man. Love that was love, definitely a love. very interesting way to uh, come out the closet. Um, Did he really come out the closet? I don't think so. I think he like cracked the door. I think he like knocked on it. Hey! I know it's going to be something stupid. But what show was that even? I don't even what know. What show was that on? I don't know. I didn't so, even know. So that becomes show. another conversation, too, right? Because just was it last week? Did the little short nigga beat up August? Tory Lane. Tory Lane's beat up oh, August. Oh, okay. Right. Tory and security beat August's ass last week. All right, 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 right. And, and one thing about August that I really don't like, even though I do like his music, I'm not going to lie, I'm a fan uh-huh. of his music. Uh-huh. He is seeking for validation. Yeah, he needs it. Right? So, him coming out about the entanglements, because I nigga, I need to light on me for a little while. Let me talk about this. I used to bang this box. Right. Right? That's crazy. I had a problem with the little midget man. I took a picture after I got my ass whooped in the person. elevator. <laughs> you know what I mean? To show you. He do need validation. He need validation. He need validation. Like he, he's like the light-skinned look-off guy for real, right? You know what I mean? He's oh, yeah. definitely looking for light-skinned look-off energy. 
He got you know it. What I mean, it's got it. And then the, you know, the awkward hug with his other light skin homie. You know what I mean? On a TV show that probably only airs on YouTube. It's different. You know what I mean? Like, come on, dog. Chill, bro. I blame Jada. Make a record. I blame Jada. Yeah, I do too. It's all Jay's fault. <laughs> we gotta go. We'll be back here on Wednesday next week uh, with another edition of Herbin 2. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Huge shout out to everybody that came through on the Patreon. Uh, again, the Patreon is live. It is in, uh, I know it's in the bio on the Instagram page. I don't know if it's on the Facebook page. Um, but it'll be in the bio here. You can find it. Uh, click the link if you want to become an official dirt bag like me. I don't know why this is backwards. Um, official dirt bag. Um, join us. We appreciate you. Um, a lot of different content there, a lot of behind the scenes footage, a lot of bonus content, stuff that gets edited out. And this relationship Friday uh show aired live on Tuesday, on this past Tuesday evening. Um, it aired live, so you could have been watching it live. Uh, kind of how we used to do it, and you get it raw and uncut. Be like, like it's a different version than the one that y'all watching right now. Um, but uh, either way, we appreciate y'all so very, very much for tuning in. As always, your input was valued, it was certainly, certainly appreciated. Thank y'all so very, very much. Huge shout out to E4O, greatest producer in the game, also turning into the voice, the voice, the of voice, Peggy Bundy. the voice of Peggy Bundy. <laughs> We gotta get into that. Like one day we gotta we gotta we gotta dive deeper into that. Nope. Pun intended. I'm probably never gonna pick. You sound defeated. You sound like you sent a couple You sound like you filled out you sent a couple fillers out. And you didn't get the answer you wanted from the Cause when I thought about it, I so I'm gonna sit there with, you know, leather strapped or elastic wrapped around my waist and put a plastic dildo into a man's window. Like <laughs> That's what you want. Right, I'm you like, thought about it. I don't know if I really need that and description. And then I'm going to multiple times. Yes. I'm not doing that. I changed my mind. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Formerly known as Peggy Button. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. You don't live that with now. You still Peggy Button. <laughs> Formerly known as FKA. That's right. <laughs> Shout out to Jake doing all of the hard work behind the camera. If you have not heard, Jack, Jake has recently declared himself a black man. <laughs> He's an Inglewood resident. He eats Harold's chicken. Eats Harold's chicken. Salt, pepper, hot him out. Don't put the sauce on the side. Do not put the sauce on the side. However, he is suffering from Jonathan Major syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit of vitiligo. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go for two. My name is Herb. Y'all be good to each other. <laughs> Peace.